This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com. Have you ever asked, what am I living for? Uh, if you'd like, I'd invite you to pull your notes out for today's message. Uh, we're continuing the second part of series we started last week, What Are You Living For? And we're going to be talking about that, uh, focusing on that, what you're living for, uh, what is the focus of your life. Um, I believe that every year God gives us an opportunity to experience direction, faithfulness, his victories in our lives, his favor. But to receive those things will require that you and I have our hearts set on at least three things. And these are the three things I'm talking about in this series. Last week we talked about influence. Today we're going to talk about eternity. And then next week we're going to talk about generosity. And just how important these, uh, these things are as a foundation in your life to helping you to make 2016 the best year your life has ever been for the Lord and the strongest you've ever been in the Lord. So what I am saying by all of this is that we have to put ourselves in a position to receive the favor and the blessings of God in your life. In other words, the favor and the blessings of God in your life are, are given to us as a promise, but we, there, 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 are, there are conditions to that promise. And you have to put yourself in a place where that favor, those blessings can be released upon your life. And part of that process is these three things, that you're living your life, not just for yourself, but you're living it for divine and godly influence upon the lives of others. We talked about that last week upon eternity, which we're going to talk about today, and the whole spirit of generosity coming out of you. And, and so today I want to talk with you then about the subject of eternity. And I recently read a book that has just really stirred my heart in, in all of this. It was a book written by a man by the name of Bruce Wilkinson, and it's entitled um, A Life That God Rewards. And of course, his thoughts have influenced the things I'm going to share with you today, although I'm just going to be scratching the surface of this subject this morning. But uh, one of the things that he said in that book that really began getting me to thinking about it is this statement. Our actions now affect our future forever. Now, that, that's probably one of the most important things that, that I'll say today. So I would like for you to really focus on that, if you could, for just a moment. Your actions now, right now, but we're generally talking about life, your actions in life will affect your future into eternity. I want you to think about that as we go through this message today. Because that may come as a little bit of a surprise to a lot of, a lot of you. A lot of believers, I think, are surprised by that. Because I think we tend, to, we tend to think that our actions now affect our life now. And that is true. But it goes well beyond that. Very few of us, though, I think, reflect or realize or think much about the fact that what we do today will affect our future for eternity. And it's bigger than what you're thinking right now. 
It'll affect your future forever. But that's exactly what God's word says. And much of what it, what it says is a quote from Jesus. So let's look and see what Jesus said. In Luke chapter 6, we're looking at verses 22 and 23. Jesus said, what blessings await you when people hate and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man. When that happens, be happy, yes, leap for joy. Now, I have to tell you that I always thought that Jesus was saying that we as believers, that I personally need to be so spiritual that I just leap for joy whenever I'm hated. I leap for joy when I'm excluded or when I'm mocked or when I'm cursed because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I ought to just be leaping for joy over that. The reality is, in my many years of following Christ, I have found that I have struggled to leap for joy when I have been mocked and excluded and persecuted, whatever words you want to add to that, which then added to the fuel of my feelings of spiritual inferiority. I just felt like, well, I'm just not good enough. Because if I really was as spiritual as I should be, I'd be leaping for joy every time those things happen. But then I thought to myself about all the people, especially in the Middle East right now, but really around the world, the brothers and sisters, and all these parts of the world that we hear about that are being tortured and, and killed for their faith today. It's happening right now. And... And by the way, we rejoice over the release of Pastor Saeed from Iran. Praise God. Give the Lord praise for that. He is, um, he is one of our Assembly of God pastors, and we are just rejoicing in the Lord that uh, God released him, and, and we're so grateful for all the, it, whatever happened to bring that to pass, so, and, and the rest of the men as well. But we do know that many are not being set free. They're being tortured. They're being killed because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And, and I just really doubt that, that they're just jumping up and down every time they're smacked in the face and saying, oh, praise God, praise God for it. What you have to do is finish verse 23. I didn't bring you to the end of verse 23. If you finish verse 23, you find out that Jesus isn't talking about a reward here on earth. He says, great a great reward awaits you where in heaven in heaven so the reason that we can rejoice no matter what we're going through on earth is because there is a direct connection or correlation between something that we do in this life for Jesus we do it for his kingdom in this case he's talking about enduring persecution but there's a correlation between something that we do for Jesus and something great that he is going to do for us as a reward in heaven. So what I'm suggesting is that in 2016, the focus of your life, maybe more than ever before, needs to be on what you do, how you react, how you think, the priorities of your, all of those thoughts with regards to eternity. 
Not just what good will come out of it for you here on earth. Because there will be some things that you will do that you will never receive a reward for here on earth. But God, how can I represent you so authentically in this world that not only are you glorified through my good works, but God, I am actually setting myself up for blessings and reward eternally in eternity. So to do that, I believe, will require that you and I start seeing eternity from a little bit different perspective. And that is what I want to talk with you about today. I want to give you three thoughts this morning. Number one, reward in heaven is promised to us by Jesus. Jesus himself talks about this very thing. Now, I will tell you, and this is, this is where I really think we'll all kind of connect here. I have been raised, and I was raised in the church, so I have known the Lord for a very long time. But I, I was raised in my Christian life that when I think of eternity, I'm automatically thinking of heaven. So much so that heaven has always just kind of generically been my goal. I want to make it to heaven. Well, that's a great goal. But I haven't thought about it other than the fact of just getting there, just making it to heaven. But I now realize that there's much more to this than I understood originally. Getting to heaven is a worthy goal. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to dispute that. It, but it's a worthy goal in a general sense. But what Jesus wants us to realize is that there is much more to eternity than just making it to heaven. Okay, so let me give you a few other scriptures to think about. Matthew 16, 27. It says, For the Son of Man will, uh, for the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father, with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. And so the key word there, I underlined it, is the word reward. The New American Standard Bible translates the Greek with this English word, will repay you. So in other words, whatever you have done with your life, uh, whatever sacrifices you may have made are going to be repaid to you. So it's more than just making it to heaven. There is something beyond just making it generically to heaven. There's a repayment that is coming your direction. I love the Message Bible, how it puts it. You'll get everything you have coming to you, a personal gift. I'm glad the latter part of that was put on there because if it only said you'll get everything you have coming to you, I think we'd be mostly scared about that. But it says you're going to be getting this personal gift from God. This is going to be a good thing is, is the indication here. Matthew 19, verse 21, Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions. Of course, he's talking to the rich man that came to him and said, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And he said, if you, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven then come and follow me. So again, in line with what we're talking about, the key word here I underlined is the word treasure. And it's interesting that as I looked at the different English translations of the original Greek here, all of them had that idea, the word treasure or wealth or riches. 
are going to be repaid to you, are going to be given to you. But you'll notice where the treasure is in this verse. You will have treasure where? In heaven, okay? It's not saying you're going to drive the biggest Cadillac or whatever car you think is top rung of the ladder here on earth. It's saying that your treasure, your wealth, your riches are going to be given to you in heaven, which is far more important because this is an eternal thing. Luke chapter 14, verse 14, and you will be blessed for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Now in, in the verses just before verse number 14 here, Jesus is, so here's the context. Jesus is saying that if we bless people who cannot bless us back, then the promise of verse 14 is you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. I think it's a healthy thing for Christians to do to bless people who have no ability to bless you back. You know, either they, they don't have the physical ability to do it or they don't have the finance. You're not doing it for money. You're just doing it to be an extension of the love of God for your neighbors. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking about when Pastor Matt and Christy were with us and, and Pastor Matt and Christy had, um, had a, a, an LDS ward right across the street from where they lived. And one particular winter day, a, a big bunch of snow fell up in the region, the area where they lived and all across the valley, but especially up there, they were higher in elevation. And, uh, and so one man was out there dealing with this by himself with a shovel. And it was thick snow, it was deep snow. And so Matt grabbed his shovel and he went over and he started, and they started shoveling together. And that just inspired this, this LDS man who was being helped. And, and he says, brother, what, what is your name? And, and Matt said, well, my name is Matt Voss. And he says, well, that's, I don't believe we've ever met. You must come to one of the other services. And Matt says, oh, well, I'm not Mormon. And he says, you're not. And he said, no, I, I, I'm a pastor at Life Church down on 47 South in Bangor. And the man said, oh. And so they finished it out. And then Matt noticed every single time that there was a lot of snow, there was always a bunch of guys up there getting all the snow <laughs> off of the sidewalk. But, you know, to, to just be God's extension in, into people's lives when they don't expect it, you know. Um, we all have neighbors who have crises or, or perhaps they're widows or divorcees or something and they, they can't take care of their walks well. You know, maybe they're a little bit older or whatever. And we can get out and we can do that and we can be a blessing to them uh, or, or other ways of helping out. There are things that we can do to be a blessing that maybe they can't pay us back for. But Jesus says your treasure in heaven will be great. And it's the riches here. And he says, then you'll be repaid when the resurrection has, uh, when the resurrection takes place. You shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So Jesus is saying that in all of these verses, that part of the blessings of heaven will be a repayment, if you will. It'll be a, a, a reward for what you have done on earth. And what that is implying, obviously, obviously, is that God is keeping a very accurate record of all that we do. Beyond that, all that we say. 
Beyond that, all that we think. Beyond that, the motives of our heart. All of this stuff, it, it, it is so important that we keep this in mind that there's eternity out ahead of us and God is going to be rewarding us or the lack thereof depending on how we're living our lives for him. Now, again, I think that this is probably a new thought for most Christians because we have been taught mostly that eternity is heaven and that heaven is basically the same for everyone who gets there, but it's just not so. Heaven is a place of reward for what you have done for Jesus on earth. If you make it to heaven, you're a child of God, but there is reward that goes beyond just making it to heaven. So it's certainly not, you know, just doing something for the church, although maybe what we're doing is helping the church. The, those folks that stayed all night and worked all night to clean up, they did that for you. They did that for their church. But they did it mostly for Jesus because they love God, all right? And we got the blessing of it, but the, the highest focus of their lives was not just the church, it was the blessing of God and his kingdom. Because if you do it for the church, you'll get a church's reward. And there's not a whole lot the church can do to really reward you 24-7. But if you do what you do for the Lord, he will reward you. And what I want you to understand is that his reward is far more lavish, far beyond what any other people on earth can do for you. Even God's church can never compare to what the Lord does for you. And that's why many times I have told you in the past, whatever you do, do it for the Lord. Don't do it because you have to. Do it for God because you want to, to glorify his name. When you give financially, do not give to the church. Give to Jesus because the church can only bless you this much. Jesus can bless you this much. And I want that, not this. All right? but not only here on earth, but in heaven as well. And so some of the reward may be on earth, but certainly it'll be small compared to what you will receive in heaven. So this is what I want you to get in point one. God is keeping track of what you do for him every single day, how you're living your life, and you have more to gain than you ever imagined. So for some of you, your goal has been just somehow to make it through the pearly gates. You just open somehow, you'll get through the pearlies. I want to suggest to you that's not a high enough goal. Just making it to heaven will leave you terribly disappointed when you get there. Not because heaven won't be incredible, but because there's so much more that could have been received had you made your life for Christ the highest priority of your life. Is that making sense? Okay. The second thing I want to tell you is this, that there are two keys to eternity. And I know that some of you might be already thinking to yourself that I'm just suggesting that this life is all about works, but I'm not. I want you to keep listening, especially at this point. There are two keys that will determine everything about your eternity. Number one, your belief. That's your faith. And number two, your behavior. That's your deeds, your works, what you do with your life. 
So this is what the Bible teaches us. Belief is the key that unlocks the door to eternal life and determines where you will spend eternity. It determines where. Belief determines where. You, your faith determines where you will spend eternity. Now, without going deep into it today, because it's not the point of the message, the Bible, I'll just say this, the Bible does teach that there are only two eternal destinations. One is heaven and the other is hell, called also eternal life and eternal judgment or damnation. And it's your belief that will determine where you spend eternity, which place you will go to. If you trust Christ as the only way to salvation, which means that you don't trust your own good works to give you salvation, it's your faith in Christ alone and his work on the cross that paid the price for your sin and my sin. If that's where you're at and you receive that and you trust in that alone, then you have eternal life. But the Bible says that rejecting that will bring judgment upon your life. So belief is the key that unlocks the door to where you spend eternity. But your behavior is the key that unlocks the door to your eternal reward and will, and will determine how you spend eternity. Is that making sense? How you spend eternity. And this is what I want you to focus on today. Most every message that I have heard about eternity has focused on the faith part, on going to heaven, on getting to heaven. And obviously, reward means nothing if you don't get there in the first place. So, so getting to heaven is certainly, and faith that gets you to heaven is, first, is certainly the, the first step. But most of what I've heard through the years made me feel, as I've already said, that heaven itself is the only thing about eternity, that my only goal is just to make it to heaven. And that's just not true. Here's the truth. Everything you do to, today matters in eternity forever. Forever is the key there. It matters forever. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 27, for the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to their works. Notice that verse says that after Jesus comes back, he's going to reward us based on what we have done with our lives. So again, everything you do today will matter for eternity forever. Bruce Wilkinson, in this book that I, I mentioned, did a great job of sharing what he calls the six main events of your forever life. Let me just give them to you quickly. First of all, life itself. You are created in the image of God for a life of purpose. And that life of purpose brings glory to God if you follow the will of God for your life. You have been given life as a gift from God. What you do with your life is then your gift back to him if you live it for his glory. And what you do with your life will be judged by God. All right? Number two, death. So just as your birth 
gave you entrance into life on earth, so the death of your body is your exit from life on earth. But it's not, your, it's not that you cease to be. Because you are more than just a physical being, your spirit, the spiritual part of you, your spirit, your soul, will continue on after your physical body dies. And Jesus taught that after death, your soul is either with God in heaven or is apart from God in hell. Number three, which is destination. And so based on your belief, while you were living, your destination after death is determined by what you believed on earth. All right? So it has this definite impact. Number four, the word resurrection. Not only will your soul live forever, but at the resurrection, you will receive a new body. A lot of people get confused about all of this. Let me just briefly teach you this. When you die as a believer, your spirit and soul go to be with Jesus immediately, all right? Um, but at the time Jesus comes back, your spirit and soul will come back with him and your body, which has died and decayed, will be made new. It'll be a new body, which is an eternal body. And your spirit and soul will be reunited with your body at the resurrection. And this will be an immortal body that will never decay and never die. It's one like Jesus had after his resurrection. Do you recall what he was able to do? I mean, he wasn't showing off. He was just able to do these things without uh, any, any kind of problem. He could go through a, a wall or a door without opening the door, but he could be touched. So there was, there was, a, 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 there was, a, there was some kind of a, a characteristic of his body that you could reach out and you could touch it because he told Thomas, touch my hand. Put your hand where, my, where the sword went or where the spear went into my side. Touch me, see it as me. But he also was able to come and go with, in, in very unique spiritual ways that, that we can't in the physical. We're going to have that kind of body. Number five, payment. In eternity, you will receive the either reward or judgment based on what you did on earth. And while it is true that your destination is based on what you believe, how then you spend eternity is based on your behavior while on earth. And so what the Bible teaches us is there are degrees of blessing in heaven. And there's not degrees of heaven. Heaven is heaven. There's only one heaven. But there are degrees of blessing or reward. There's greater reward that is given to some based on the life that they have lived. And for those who are without Christ, there are greater degrees of judgment that come into their lives. The Bible all talk, talks about that. Number six, eternity. You will live forever in the presence of God or apart from God. So the point is your life now is directly affecting everything that will happen to you after you die. The problem with most of us is we overemphasize belief to the exclusion of behavior. Or, for some people, the other way around. They overemphasize behavior or works to the exclusion of faith 
or belief. What I am telling you is they are both very, very important in your life, and you need to understand these things. So as we enter into this new year, here's the challenge that I want to give to you is point number three. Live your life not just to get to heaven, but to be rewarded when you get there. Live your life for the glory of God now so that you can be rewarded when you get there. So if your belief has qualified you for heaven, then you need to know that Jesus wants to reward you when you get there. You know, it's God's highest desire to bless his people, not just on earth, but forever in eternity. Rewards that last for eternity. What makes that possible is the choices that we make every day in how authentically we live our lives for Christ. Even in the little things, you know, the, the little things really matter. We sometimes diminish the importance of the small things in our lives. We say, well, that attitude really doesn't matter. Or what, what I just said, the gossip I just shared really doesn't matter in the big scheme of life. We kind of have this idea that if we do more good things and we do bad things, that the good will outweigh the bad and we'll, we'll kind of cover over the bad. You know, the only thing that covers over the bad is the blood of Jesus. You cannot do enough good things to cover over the bad. Just, just the blood of Jesus covers over the bad and brings the forgiveness of God. The little things that sometimes we allow in our lives can be so damaging. Jesus said in Mark 9, 41, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name, just because you belong to me, will surely be rewarded. Isn't that something? Even, even just a cup of water, God's just paying attention to it. So what Jesus is saying is that even the small things really matter. I was, I was, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking also about what Solomon said over in the Song of Solomon, the book of the Song of Solomon. He makes this little statement, and he says, the little foxes spoil the vine. Now, I've lived long enough to find out that's true. In other words, what he is saying is the little things do matter. And if the little things are negative and we don't pay close attention to them, they can just nip away and nip away and nip away until they destroy the vine of our life entirely. And, that, and that's so serious, it can ruin your life. So we live in this culture today in America that says don't sweat the small stuff. But God's word says... Sweat the small stuff. The small stuff matters. Because if you get enough foxes nipping away at your integrity, if you get enough foxes nipping away and you allow them to continue to nip away at your love for God, if you get enough foxes of, of doubt or, or disappointment with God, if you let that go on in your life, if you let disappointment with God's people and it doesn't matter what church you go to. People are always running church, 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 trying to find the great, best church. There is no best church. We're all the same. You want to know why? Because we all got a bunch of people. And even the ones that don't have a bunch of people, they're so ingrown 
and infighting and everything is so prominent. I mean, it, it just, you can't get away from human nature by going church, church, church. You're going to get wounded. You're going to get hurt in, in church life. It just happens. I've been wounded. I've been hurt. You know what? I've wounded. I've hurt people. Didn't mean to. Well, a few times I did. But <laughs> most of the time I didn't. Some of you aren't honest enough to even admit that you've done it on purpose. But if we let that thing nip and nip and nip and nip in our lives to where we justify it, you know, and we allow that to grow, my, my point is the impact it can have upon your life is incredible, not only for the here and now, but for eternity. I often wonder if the scripture that says that God will wipe away all tears is going to somehow be related to some of this. You know, the truth is we give way more attention to our future retirement, to our kids' education, than we do to our eternal reward. And we allow so many things to come in between us and God and our relationship with God. One of the, the pet phrases around today is finish well. Make sure you finish well. Finishing well is a great goal. What that means is how you end your life is more important than how you begin. So, and no, none of us knows when it ends. So make sure you're living your life in such a way that you finish well. But folks, I just want to suggest to you that finishing life here is just the starting of life there. Here's what I want you to walk away with this morning. Number one, your faith is important. It qualifies you for heaven. Number two, your choices, your attitudes, your works are important too. They qualify you for reward in heaven. So how have you been living? Do you need to refocus this year? Think, I want you to think back to 2015. It hasn't been that long ago. What things did you allow to come between you and God? You got disappointed with God over something? Um, maybe you, maybe it was a disappointment. Maybe you just got more infatuated with, with uh, the things of the world. Money, sex, temptation. You know, you've been willing to sell out your spiritual life for, I don't know, a cup of porridge, if you know the story in the Old Testament for a little bit of drugs, a little bit of, you know, and, and we justify all this stuff, and it may not even be that kind of heavy-duty stuff. It may just, it may be the little foxes kind of stuff, but we've allowed stuff to come between us and God. And I think these kind of thoughts are so important for us to keep in mind. I was reminded of what Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11. He says, since all these things will be destroyed, and he's talking about everything that's created around us, what kind of people should you be? Your lives should be holy and dedicated to God. And that's a pretty powerful verse right there. At least it is to me. So I just want to leave you with this last thought from what Wilkerson wrote in his book. No deed for God will pass by overlooked or unrewarded. Not one cup of water or prayer in the middle of the night. It has incredible eternal value to you. So it matters how you and I are living our lives. Now, if you have not been living your life for Jesus or for, for God, 
then you, you need, I, I want to challenge you to think about that right now because your soul is hanging in the balance. You know, I, talk, I talked about only one of two eternal destinies. And there's no purgatory in between the two that you can work your way, you know, and get good enough then after you die to finally make it up into heaven, squeeze through the pearlies, you know, before they close. It's either heaven or hell. And the rewards that we receive or the judgments we receive, depending, are based on how we live our lives, what we're doing with our lives now. If you haven't given your life to Christ, your soul's hanging in the balance, I suggest that you do it today before you walk out of here. If you're a member of this church, but you know you're not, your life is not right with God, I suggest you get it right with God before you walk out of here. Because membership in this church, you're not going to be able to show it to God and say, see, I'm a, I was a member of Life Church." If, if you are, though, a, a committed believer, I just want to ask you, do you have some stuff there that has weakened your, your relationship with the Lord that you need to take care of? You need to get it, you need to get it on track with God. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.